and welcome to Twin Talks. This is Angie, and I'm with my sister Joy on the phone. And Joy has graciously agreed to do this podcast tonight, even though she has a ton of schoolwork to do. So, Joy, we'll just get right to it so you can get to your work. Okay, gracias. We are going to be discussing the book Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon is a 2017 nonfiction book by American journalist David Grant about the Osage murders. Time Magazine listed Killers of the Flower Moon as one of its top ten nonfiction books of 2017. Uh, Joy, the way I discovered this, I told you, but I don't know if you remember. I was in my car on my way home. I was flipping through the radio channels as I came across NPR. They were interviewing David Grant about this book. And I just kind of caught the tail end of it, but I was absolutely fascinated. And I was literally thinking, what the heck? How in the world did a story like this happen in America? And I've never heard about it. That was my same thought. And are you the one that told me about the book? I can't remember. No, that's what I was getting ready to say next. So I went into Audible into your library because so I just wanted to see if I could find the book. And it was actually in your library and you had read it. And I called you and I said, Joy, why have you never told me about this book before? And so, I don't know. Do you have any recollection of? My best guess is that Audible, it goes by the books you've read, and it says based on the books you've read, we think you would like. And then it will give you suggestions. That's the only thing I could think of is it suggested it. And then I was like, and it did sound super interesting. And so I went ahead and purchased it or used one of my credits for it. And I had the same reaction that you did. I was like, how in the world did a story, a true story that is this fascinating, how are we not hearing about it until now? Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a part of American history, a sad part of American history. But still, the good and the bad, I feel like we've heard most of things that are of this nature anyway that's this far-reaching. But anyway, for those who maybe have not heard about the book or what it's about, I'm just going to read a quick summary from Wikipedia, which says, the book investigates a series of murders of wealthy Osage people that took place in Osage County, Oklahoma, in the early 20s after big oil deposits were discovered beneath their land. The Osage people prepared to receive their wealth to which they are legally entitled from sales of their deposits. The Osage are viewed as the middleman, and a complex plot is hatched to eliminate the Osage inheritors one by one by any means possible. Officially, the the count of the Osage victims reaches 20, but Grand suspects that hundreds more may have been killed because of their ties to the oil. The book details the newly formed FBI's investigation of the murders as well as the eventual trial once again, just to reiterate, the book is fascinating. It was very fascinating to me because I love history for one thing. So it read to me like a novel that was interspersed with tons of history and facts. And that okay. is one thing about the book. I thought the book was great. It mm-hmm. is hard to keep up with all the people involved, who's mm-hmm. who, what's what. I almost felt like I needed to get out a piece of paper and write down the key players and who they were and who was related to who. I think that would have helped me a lot if I could have had almost just like a sheet of information, a fact sheet to refer to, you know. 
so it revolves around an Osage Indian named Molly and the and kind of the untimely deaths of her loved ones. And so I kind of was able to keep up with that. With that now, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just going to be totally transparent here. Uh, the book, even though it was very interesting, it had this kind of strange effect on me. I would listen to an audible every night when I laid down to go to sleep. And almost immediately I'd be asleep, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Maybe and you're so, just really tired. Yeah, so I hate to say that because I don't want people thinking that was so boring it put me to sleep. But I don't know if it was the narrator's voice or the subject matter, but something about it, I just Well, it almost is like sitting and listening to a documentary. Yes, yes. And so I don't know, honestly, I don't know what it was. I don't know if I had a lot going on in my life, if I just couldn't connect with the book, but... Almost every night I'd have to rewind and figure out where I was because I kept falling asleep during it. So, anyway. Right. Did it surprise you that even after uh, the Indians had been supposedly gaining more rights and things like that, you know, they were kicked off onto this reservation in Oklahoma. Of course, the white man or the government, whoever was in charge, thought the land was worthless. And so they just, you know, made them live there. And then when oil was found, of course, a lot of these Osage Indians became millionaires. And what surprised me was even though it was their land and their money, they still were required to have a government official or had to have a, wasn't that the deal, a male in charge of their accounts and had to get their purchases any time they spent like big time money, like for a car or a house, they had to have it approved. Was it by? Um, and did it have to be a white man? They had to have a guardian, and it was dependent on how much Osage blood they had. So the more Osage blood a person had, they felt like they were less reliable and less responsible. Right. Is, they felt like they were it, not competent enough to make these big time decisions with money because they had never had money. I mean. Mm-hmm. In a way, I, I don't not because they were Indian, but just because they had never had money. I kind of agree. I think everybody needs counseling. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about these athletes, you know, these football players who just come into millions of dollars, and that's the first thing they do is sit down and counsel them about, you know, money management. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like they need a counseling, but oh my gosh, that's just another slap in the face saying you have to have. You have to have a white man to tell you what you can and cannot spend. I just was kind of shocked that that was part of the deal. And so that had some of those women or some of these white men trying to romance some of these Osage Indian women so that they could control the money. So just another right. slap in the face and more manipulation, you know. It, it was very sad. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that the when they were given the land – initially that the government thought it was worthless um, because they did. And then it was interesting that they did give them the oil rights because they never realized there was anything. Yeah, they gave them all the mineral rights because they never dreamed anything would be found. And I think that's hilarious. I almost think that was a God thing. And then, boom, they strike gold and they discover oil. And then the government's like, "Uh uh-oh, hold on a minute. And no spoiler alerts here, but... um, they do get to the bottom of who was responsible for the murders. So I do have a quick story. My husband and I, uh, we went on an anniversary trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma one year. Mm -hmm. And I had always wanted to go see the Pioneer Woman's Mercantile, I think it's what it's called. So if our listeners are familiar, there's a famous 
lady. I cannot think of her name right now. Is it Lee? Is it Drummond? Yeah, Lee Drummond, I think. And she, um, you know, she has a cooking show on TV, and she has her own line of dishes and kitchenware and things like that at Walmart, I believe. And I guess she's a pretty big name now. And she married this rancher out in Oklahoma, and that family has a lot of land in Oklahoma, and she built her mercantile out in Pahuska, Oklahoma. Tulsa, I think, is maybe an hour's drive from there. So I asked my husband if we could go to Pahuska because I wanted to see where her store was. So we drove out there, and you did go past a lot of homes and a lot of poverty. It looked like a lot of poverty, pretty bad. And then, of course, there was tons and tons of just open land, you know, where the ranchers had all their cattle and stuff. And then so we got to go see her her store, and, and it was really cool. Uh, I loved her store. It was amazing. When we were close to where her store was, it said, Welcome to Osage County. So I think where we were was very near where all of this took place. Yes. Yeah, so did you say Pahuska? I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's Pahuska is where her store is. Okay, I'm almost positive Pahuska was one of the central, played a very central role. I believe there are a lot of things happened in that town. Well, this has been several years ago that we went, and of course at that time I had no clue that all of this had happened there. And now if I ever go back, I want to kind of go seek out some of these places where some of the stuff happened. Well, that's interesting because they said now that the book has the book has kind of made a revival, obviously because the movie is being made about it or was just made about it. Um, and they said because of the movie, it has generated a lot of tourists that want to go visit these places. And they said they truly do welcome visitors, but they just ask that you respect the people. And there's certain things they do and don't want you to to do. Right, and a lot of traumatic events happen. I mean, we're talking about 20 murders here. It'd be kind of like saying, oh, let's go see where your grandmother was murdered. You know, that might be hit really close to a family. The only thing I remember them saying they did not want tourists to do was to visit some of these cemeteries where some of these people were buried that were murdered, which I can understand that. Really? Okay. To me, Um, I think that would be respectful because you're just going to pay your respects to the person but for indians too i kind of look at it as uh their graveyards are really sacred to them that's Um, true Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how i look at it it's like they they look at death sometimes a lot differently than we do yeah i think you just made a good point i feel like walking in a graveyard and just like around here where we live viewed a lot differently than walking through an Indian burial ground, which is considered sacred. You're right. But um, you are right as far as the the geography with Pahuska. And in the book, they do mention Oklahoma City. They mention Tulsa. There's, you know, there's a lot of small towns, obviously, people have probably never heard of, which we've heard of them just because we live in Arkansas, of course, which borders Oklahoma, and we're probably almost as familiar with Oklahoma as we are with our home state just because we live on in northwest Arkansas, which borders Oklahoma. Anyway, the, I was going to mention one interesting tidbit. I thought you might ask where the name came from, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. 
what I found was the name refers to the name that the Indians gave the full moon in May. So they Indians would name the moons, the full moons. I didn't know that. So the the full moon in May, they call it the flower moon because in May that's when all the flowers are blooming. Right. And why why is the month of May significant? Well, I think maybe some of the murders took place in May, but I'm not sure. I was really curious about that. I mean, I understood, you know, they called the full moon the uh, flower moon, but I'm not sure why the book is called that. That would be interesting to research that a little bit more. But anyway, to wrap up, I think this book is good. I would recommend this to people who love history, especially if you love history of Native Americans. If you love a good mystery, and if you're one of these people that you like true crime, true crime, yes, and this, I think this book is totally for you. I mean, I literally, especially after hearing the interview on NPR, I was literally going, I cannot believe this happened. It's some of the things in, that happened, Joy, are so bizarre and so crazy, and it, you literally will be shaking your head, thinking there is, is there no end to the evil that man is capable of? Right. That's kind of how I looked at it. And every conceivable way to die, poisoning, bombing, gunshots, yeah. didn't one Dude. guy get thrown off a train? Uh, yeah. One of the I mean, investigators. Yeah, that's a good point you make, because there were actually some good white men who did try to help, but every time they would get involved, they would end up dying. Someone would exactly. Kill them. If you actually had an, an honest uh, investigator, and whoever was doing the killings found out, oh, they're onto us. They're finding out stuff. They're honest. Next thing you know, like the one investigator gets thrown off a train and killed. Next thing you know, they die. So I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of people who would have helped investigate, but they're probably too scared to. Yes. Oh, and the other thing I want to mention just real quickly before we close, I thought it was very interesting that, if I'm understanding the book correctly, the FBI was kind of formed because of this situation, because of this case. Yeah, uh-huh. and that was the next point I was going to bring up as well. Twin moment. But if I understood it correctly, that there was no FBI. And when they right. had to form a special task force to start investigating these murders that, um, was it President Roosevelt at the time, appointed J. Edgar Hoover to be ahead of this task force, which eventually turned into the FBI. It's right. been a while since I've read the book, but it seems like that's how it worked. Yeah, I'm, I can't remember the president either. I should. Truman but. Roosevelt. This shows how I don't remember who was president. Yeah. Then, but but yeah. wasn't J. Edgar Hoover proven to be pretty corrupt it's sad to say I know very, very little about J. Edgar Hoover, but he must have been an interesting person because he's intertwined in so many scandals and things, you know. And, like, yes. Mm-hmm. I just got through listening to The Killing of Marilyn Monroe. It's a podcast that Jeannie recommended to us. Right. And they talk about J. Edgar Hoover throughout that podcast, and he sounds like quite a character. I guess the last thing I want to mention is that, you know, they did just make the movie about this, and I started to go see it. It was out. It came out, I guess, around Christmas time. I can't remember. I asked Corby to go see it with me a couple of weeks ago, and when I went to go see the showtimes, it was already – it's no longer in theaters, and I was really shocked because 
I thought it was one of those movies that was doing really well and that would play for a really long time. But anyway, I'm kind of glad because if it's supposedly it's a very long movie. It's three hours plus. I want to say like three and a half hours long. So I thought, you know, I'd much rather watch this in front of the TV and you can pause it and go go to the bathroom, go get you a snack, you know. Um, yeah, so. and I do want to see the movie, but, you know, this is Grandma Kanga speaking here. Or actually, this is, I'm like Lauren Graham, you know, I just turn into this old lady Johnson. The old lady Johnson is worried that this movie is going to be like taking God's name in vain and there's going to be cussing every five seconds. Because isn't Leonardo DiCaprio in it? Yeah. There's some kind of bigger names in it, and it seems like the more big names there are, the more cussing. And I'm like, you know, I'm okay with that, but old lady Johnson just kind of dreads watching it if it's just going to be full of all kinds of uh, needless uh, language. Oh, honestly, I haven't read the rating. I I haven't read anything about language. I was looking more forward to seeing how they pieced the story together, and I wanted to see how they portrayed J. Edgar Hoover, and I wanted to see kind of how they portrayed the the Osage Indians and their customs. I thought it would be really interesting, but who knows? Uh, Yeah, I do, too. Old Lady Johnson thinks it'll be interesting, too. She's just a little worried about... (laughs) Sitting through three hours of really, really horrible language. Okay. Well, the good news is is you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. That is so true. That is so true. All right. So I give the book, well, can you guess my book rating words? Um, How many, are you giving it flowers or what are you giving it? I'm giving it flower moons. So. Okay. I'm going to guess you're going to give it a four. That's right. Very good. Because that's what I'm giving it. I'm giving it four flower moons. Okay. I wasn't sure you were going to give it a rating because it had been so long since you'd read it. I well, I remember what I thought after I read it. I remember thinking this is a really great book. It told a story that I can't believe I'm not hearing till now, and it's fascinating, everything that happened. it just You literally could probably have a series on Netflix of it that would probably last like, you know, five seasons you know there's so much oh. to the story but Please that's try. also that's also the negative to me is and i and it's just me i know but i had trouble keeping up with all the key players and who did what and when you know that's the only thing um but other than that i really liked it so four yeah. flower moons all right well i appreciate you joining me tonight i know you have a lot to do so i will let you get back to your real life <laughs> back to reality all right and- I just want to tell everyone that listens to us, we really do appreciate you guys, and it's just really fun. I have a lot of fun doing this and discussing books with Joy, and just hope you guys do enjoy it, and we hope you keep listening. Yeah, and I know I want to say thank you as well, because to me, time is my most valuable thing. Mm -hmm. My time is more important than anything, and anyone Mm -hmm. that gives up their time to listen to us ramble on about these books. Thank you so much. Uh, they must really love books or they probably wouldn't listen to us ramble on. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time on Twin Talk. Twin Talk.